Well, it's good to be here as a purgative. <laughs> we uh, invite you to turn in your Bibles. We'll quickly go over about three chapters in Revelation, very quickly. Revelation 1. <clears throat> I want all of you to know that you're blessed today simply because you've heard the gospel read. In Revelation 1-3 it says, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of the prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. You can be blessed and assured that you are blessed simply by reading and hearing the word of God. Uh, the duty of the pastor of the Lord's church. Uh, I thank all of you gentlemen for having preached most of my sermon today. And uh, I will reiterate many of the things that have already been said. Uh, you will notice in Revelation 2 and also uh, chapter 3, verse 1, Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write. In verse 8, And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write. Verse 12, And to the angel of the church in Pergamos write. And verse 18, and to the angel of the church in Thyatira write. <clears throat> and chapter 3, verse 1, and to the angel of the church in Sardis write. Verse 7, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write. And verse 14, and to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans. came to mind as I was thinking about these particular, is this clock right? Okay, good. Uh, it came to mind as I was looking at the scriptures today, what about those who don't have an angel? What about those assemblies who are without one? It places an important question to each and every one of us. We have a grave responsibility, very great responsibility for what God has given to us. And, uh, and we should not ever take that responsibility lightly. Neither should those who are without angels take that responsibility lightly. Sometimes they do. And sometimes they end up without angels. And, uh, that's a grievous time. It's a time when the sheep will surely scatter because it's written, when the shepherd is spitting, the sheep will scatter. And, uh, and so we see that happening. And it's sad to me when I open the Berea Baptist and I see six and seven churches without pastors. And some of them have been without pastors for quite a while. Uh, that saddens me. But one of the things that I think about as I was looking through this, and there's many scriptures that were read today that bear repeating. Uh, in First Peter chapter 5, I sort of go start from the back and go to the front uh, and turning to those particular scriptures if you want to. But the elders which are among you, in verse 1, I exhort who am also an elder... And a witness of the suffering of Christ, and all partaker, also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Uh, feed the flock which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, 
not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, and note this next part of the verse 3, but being examples to the flock, being examples to the flock. And certainly when we look at that responsibility, we know that Christ put first in the church apostles. There won't be any more apostles, but those apostles, Paul went on to say, he said, I feel of, I feel of all the apostles, uh, uh, one that is uh, the least of the apostles. Why? Why? You know, I, Brother Paul will tell you this since I'm there in First Peter 5. He, I hope he'll remember it. If you don't, that's okay. It's mine failing anyway uh, but <laughs> no I'm joking <laughs> he remembers real well but I called him one day in First Peter 5 there over in verse 9 and I said brother I want you to know I'm praying for you because when the scripture says there in verse 9 whom resist steadfast in the faith knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world and Brother Paul at that time was my pastor. He was my pastor for 32 years, and I was experiencing a lot of affliction. And I said, if Brother Paul is experiencing the same afflictions I have, I better call and let him know I am indeed praying for him. And folks, don't think that the pastors of a church has any less sorrow going on in their life and any less temptation in any less uh, of those fiery darts of Satan being constantly hurled at them than any member of the church. They experience it all. And they probably experience a lot more than some people think they experience. And, uh, you know, it's one thing. It's one thing when we can uh, shout with glory on good news. And when one soul... One soul, the angels of heaven rejoicing and rejoice with that because that one uh, sheep has found its way back. And, and the pastor helped out on that. Perhaps some of the members helped out on that. But I want to tell you in following up Brother Lewis's uh, sermon, I told Brother Lewis before he left, I said, I want to follow up on that. Uh, you know, when we look at what the duty of a pastor is, it is also the duty of the Lord's church, some of the members out there in the church, as well as the pastor. And we look at that, and we think, well, what are the duties? What are the duties? I, you know, for lack of a better term, Brother Troy read this uh, earlier last night, but he he used he, uh, Ephesians 4, he says, till we all come, in verse 13, and to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, and to a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. Christ is our measure for understanding what the duties of a pastor are. And if, if you're any less than what Christ would be in respect to the sheep, then you're falling short as a pastor and you need to be in prayer and you need to understand what it is to uh, seek the spirit of the Lord 
in helping you uh, with these temptations, helping you with these afflictions that you're experiencing. Because Paul said in First Timothy 3 and verse 12, all that will live righteous will suffer persecution. Also there in First Peter 5, he said, every one of you, every one of you are going to suffer persecution. And uh, so when you see that, what are you doing in response to it? How are you helping the brothers and sisters? I've got five daughters and son-in-laws and 15 grandchildren out there. And, and, you know, their problems to me are just as great as my problems. I cry many times because I know what they're experiencing. I know what they're experiencing. I've been through it. I've been through it. And I pray that they don't have to experience those same things, but I know that He is able to deliver them. I know God is able to deliver them. And so when I look at the Scripture and I look back and uh, I know these words hadn't been talked today. They have been, but not in, at least from this text. So I, I decided... I had about six sermons written, Brother Paul. And I'll preach them all, but y'all won't get to hear them. <laughs> but uh, Ezekiel, Ezekiel 34 in particular. <clears throat> we look at Israel's lack of shepherds. Israel's lack of shepherds. He said, Son of man, in verse 2, prophesy against the shepherds. I reckon I better turn this speaker on here. That will help, wouldn't it? Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, Thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds, Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do not feed, that do feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? You eat the fat and you clothe you with the wool. You kill them that are fed, but you feed not the flock. Let's skip down to verse 8 for the sake of time. As I live, saith the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey and my flock became meat to every beast of the field because there was no shepherd, neither did my shepherd search for my flock, but the shepherds fed themselves and fed not my flock. What a condemnation. What a condemnation uh, there. But... <clears throat> Jesus said, or not Jesus necessarily, but Ezekiel, the prophet of the Lord. In verse 12, he said, or let's start with verse 11, For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, even I will both search my sheep and seek them out. The duty of a pastor of the Lord's church. I will search my, for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered. How many times have sheep been scattered? How many times? What happens to scatter them? Well, the fiery darts of Satan, for one. They're going to be scattered. And we'll deliver them out of all places where they've been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. And I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries. And I will bring them to their own land and feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers and lo, all the inhabited places of the country. 
Let's go to verse 16 again for the sake of time. I will seek that which was lost. I will seek that which was lost and bring again that which was driven away and will bind up that which was broken. We're going to talk about that a little more uh, later, hopefully. And will strengthen that which was sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong, and I will feed them with judgment. Well, how do you do that? You know, there's a, there should be a practical way for those who say, I know that I sin. You know, pastors included. I don't think First John... 1 John 1, verse 8, 9, and 10 excludes any pastors. For those of you, you can look it up if you want to see it. Look it up and read it. 1 John 1, verses 8, 9, 10. If you say that you be without sin, you make God a liar. You make God a liar. So we know that we are encumbered with sin, but what do we do? And how do we help the flock who also fall into some of the same sins that we fall into? Uh, God gave a prescription for that. You know, Peter did that. Brother Lewis went over the scripture. Peter said, Lord, that won't happen to me. All the other shepherds, all the other apostles said, no, it won't happen to us either, but all of them fed. But Peter in particular, he said, uh, Lord, it won't happen. But yet, he found himself denying God three times. Denying the Lord Jesus Christ three times. And so, and I believe it's over in uh, Luke 19. <clears throat> he said there to Peter, Lovest thou me more than these? And each time... Each time, Peter, I'm sure, was thinking about the denial. The denial that he had. And I know Brother Paul has taught me all the various forms of love there. That word that uh, uh, agape and uh, phileo, love, Philadelphia, uh, all those various forms of love. But, you know, if you love me just a little bit, Peter, if you love me just a little bit, then feed my sheep. To us that are also called Christians, that perhaps aren't pastors, he said, "If you love me, First John, First uh, John five, I think, verse three. If you love me, keep my commandments. Keep my commandments, and my commandments aren't grievous." So we look at all that and put it together. Doctrine is great. It is emphatic that we must have doctrine. But if you, in, in, in 1 Corinthians 13 there, it says you could have all the prophecy, you can have all the doctrine, you can have all these things, but if you don't have love for the sheep, if you don't have love, you're as a tinkling brass and a sounding cymbal. You're reflecting what some of those uh, churches were over in, I think, uh, uh, the church that was had this great name had this great name or sounding off about how perfect they were, but Jesus was on the outside knocking. He couldn't even identify with the church. They wouldn't identify with Jesus and His message. But we see in 2 Timothy 3, <clears throat> he told the, Paul told 
Timothy, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. Love first, but then look at how those things that your mother and grandmother taught you, Timothy, because I know they've taught you well. You have learned the Scriptures from a babe. But continue in verse 14. Continue thou in which things thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Well, you know, Brother Paul has got me into a lot of trouble because people will ask me the question, why do you pay so much attention to Brother Paul? Well, he taught me the doctrine about all I know. But I also am thankful to some of you brothers because I can go back and I can call out if I had time some of the sermons I've heard you preach. I think about Brother Kiger over at Memorial Heights preaching about he's worthy of trampling out the vineyard over there in the book of Isaiah. Uh, you know, he's worthy. Christ is worthy. And uh, also in the book of Revelation. But, you know, it's those who have preached that doctrine And most of all, it's the doctrine that Christ preached. Peter, feed my sheep with the apostles' doctrine. We go on to see, And from a child that has known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. That's why many times I've told my daughters over and over and over again, get your children in church. Preach to them. Teach them. Teach them. Teach them, teach them. And if you can't do it, let Brother Paul teach them. Get somebody who can. But don't ignore them. All Scripture, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable, and, and it matters, folks. The order of things in Scripture matters. It is profitable. What's first? Doctrine does not come after fellowship. Fellowship is great. I love it but profitable for doctrine, for reproof. God forbid that anybody should reprove anyone. For reproof, for correction. I always thought reproof and correction were the same thing, but it's not. (laughs) It's not for instruction and righteousness. You know, uh, again, for the sake of time, I'm going to have to move on through there. How do you do that? What's the practicality? You know that Peter... Peter went through that very thing. First of all, Christ more than likely was standing in front of the rest of the apostles when he asked Peter that question. Peter, do you really love me? Peter, do you really love me? You said you denied me, you know, you denied me three times. Peter, do you really love me? Recognize what the sin is. Recognize there needs to be repentance. You know, if you've been taught the Scriptures, you know what your sin is. I was nine years old when God started convicting me of sin. For years, He convicted me of sin, and way later, way later, when Brother Paul really preached the Gospel to me, I understood. I understood. And I know, and I knew then, I needed to repent. I didn't need to blame God anymore and say, God, if you wanted me to differ, you changed me. In fact, he did. <laughs> Jonah 2.9 says, salvation is of the Lord. 
you know, some, some planted the seed, some watered, but salvation is of the Lord. He alone is responsible for it. But your responsibility as parents, your responsibility, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Training, training. That's like a mother. I, I, I was studying training, and I used to see this years ago, gag. <laughs> but it said a mother would chew up the food and put it in the baby's palate. You know, we didn't have Gerber foods back then. But I saw it going on, and they would put their finger in the mouth and take a little of the food and put it in the baby's mouth. Nurture it. Nurture it. Give it an appetite for the Scripture. That involves training, not just the rod. It involves a lot of time, a lot of time with that. So we move on. What's the practicality? Uh, Turn over to Ephesians. Ephesians. Five, there's a scripture in particular that I want you to see. A lot of scripture. Ephesians 5. It said in verse 18, And be not drunk with wine, where is an excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Too many times we're so scared that we might be identified as a different type of uh, believing body, we don't even know what being filled with the Spirit is. I know, you know... The Spirit takes the Word and saves you. I know that. Positionally, we are sanctified. Positionally, God has taken care of that. But He's given there uh, a divine imperative. Be filled with the Spirit. A divine imperative. Well, what does it mean? How do you do it? Because I want to be filled with the Spirit. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to have more of Christ's loving Humbleness of heart, meekness, love, joy, all the attributes of Christ. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Let each esteem others better than themselves. We're so worried sometimes that we get out on the road. Oh, somebody cut me off. I'm going to kill them. You know, I have to worry about that. I'm on the road a lot. You know... We think we are so important. But I guarantee you a gospel and a doctrine that glorifies man is not the gospel of God. It is not the gospel of God. And I see it taught over and over again that it's not emphasizing God and His importance and the work that He did on the cross. Be filled with the Spirit. He goes on, turn back a page. Ephesians uh, chapter 4. He tells you how to do it. How to do it. All these bad habits that you have, this is just a small list. You could go to Colossians and see the same thing. He says there, but you have not so learned Christ. He said all the negatives there, but he tells you to put on the new man. You know, you're not one who has our understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that's in them. You've received the doctrine and the gospel of Christ. You've received reproof. You know what you shouldn't be doing. Now look at what you should be doing. This is how you put on the Spirit. 
You've put off those things. If so be you've heard Him and been taught by Him as the truth in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. How do you do that? Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Think about these things. Think about, you know, when all these other things, think about the things that God has taught you. I go down the road and find myself thinking bad thoughts, and I have to stop and say, no, Lord, I don't help me. I shouldn't be thinking about this. I should be thinking about things that appear. Things that are, that, that God has instilled, thinking about the scripture that He's given to me. Don't be thinking about the lust of the flesh and the, uh, all the things out there of the world. It's the things of the world that are, the devil is the power, uh, God and power of the, uh, world. He's got all that under control and you don't need that. He says, put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and in true holiness. You know, what's one some of the abominations that we see? Proverbs 6. Six things are an abomination. Seven. All this discord. Seven. Sowing discord among the brethren. You get out there and you see them. You can't, you can't put it down. You got to have this discord going on. And when I was principal and subsequently a superintendent of school, I had parents coming all the time and said, do you see this hate speech? Do you see all this going on? Why don't you do something about it? Well, put it off. You children or you parents that's going to give your children uh, text things, iPhones and all, look at them. See what they're saying. See what they're doing. You wouldn't let a lion come into your home. The devil is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I mean, I had a big dog about knocking me down when I got out of the house this morning. He was happy with me if he'd been a roaring lion. He didn't weigh but 75 pounds. He picked me up. Anyway, whereby putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one to another. Be ye angry and sin not. Brother Troy, I remember that sermon down at uh, uh, down at Ella Grove. I remember that sermon you preached. Be you angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. You can get mad with the pastor. You can get mad with other members of the church. God has a perfect way for you to settle that. Matthew 18, verse 15. Go to that brother, or Matthew 5, verse 23. Uh, yeah, 23, I believe it is. You, you know, if you come to worship and you feel like your brother has something against you before you ever go into place of worship, you go sell it with that brother. You don't involve the whole church. You don't tell everybody in the world out there on Facebook or anything else. You go to that brother and sister. And if you can't get it settled with them, you carry one or two witnesses. And if you can't get it sold to one or two witnesses, you carry it before the church. But the church has the final authority, and if the people won't listen to the church, they're not listening to God. Because He gave them that authority. So we have a way. You finish reading there, all of Ephesians 4 there. And in verse 30 says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, 
whereby you are sealed into the day of redemption. Now, you can get lazy, or you can get mad. Jonah did. Jonah was a preacher. He, he was told to go, and he said, No, Lord, I ain't going. I'm not going. God would change your willer. He would change your willer in a hurry. I talk to the, those who believe in free will all the time. I said, read Psalm 110, verse 3, and says, If his people didn't say they will be willing in the day of thy salvation. Yeah, you will when he wills. And then you look at all the people in John 17 that God gave Jesus Christ. He gave them to Jesus Christ. He said, mine they were, and he gave them me. You know, these doctrines are out there. And all we have to do is teach them to our children, to our grandchildren, to all who will listen. And all I can do is stress time and time again, get your Bible and read it. If you don't believe it, get your Bible and read it. Uh, I praise God that, you know, I know there's more than six or seven sermons I could preach on the duty of the preacher uh, and the pastor in the Lord's church. I've just covered the tip of the iceberg, and that's all the time I have. I praise God for each and every one of you. I know that God is blessing this country today because of those very people that are standing for the truths of God's Word throughout this nation. You pray for the preacher, uh, peace of Jerusalem, Psalms uh, 122 and verse 6. Pray for those that are, uh, have authority over you and pray for our country. Praise God that we have a country that we can at least still speak the truth of God's Word in. Thank you for your time and attention.